When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We want to come out and, and, you know, take control of the game. There's no doubt that we want to do that. I think we've done it throughout many points um, of this season. Obviously, uh, you know, the challenge Tampa presents is something that uh, I think we can respond to. And, you know, obviously we did a really good job in, in game two. So that opportunity is going to be there. And we know the tough task that they present. So, but so definitely, obviously, we want to do everything we can to put ourselves in control. But regardless of what happens, uh, you know, we're going to keep competing right into the end and, and do whatever necessary or whatever it takes to uh, obviously give ourselves a chance and put ourselves in the spot we want to be. Well, James, what do you think? Do you expect to be yes in time? <laughs> yeah, for Game Six, you expected us to be here. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Didn't I you? Mean, I mean, we yeah. Didn't, like it's the uh, last show. The last yeah. show we got accused of being negative, but it was just kind of you could see that the Leafs were struggling a little bit, and Tampa wasn't going to go without a fight. So yeah, I mean, I think that if the Leafs were really are going to do this, it's going to take more than what they've put into the series so far. Yeah, I think that's a good way to sum it up. And like, it's hard to win in five games. Like any, like any team, let alone a team that's been just three straight finals. Like it's, it's just hard to knock them out. Like you even saw that with Boston. Like it's, it's just not easier. And obviously, this team has a bit of a history, as you know. The Lightning are Warriors. Like you look at how many players yeah. they've lost, and Chernak comes out of their lineup. I mean, they're playing Darren Radish, who had twenty-one games He's in NHL good. experience, undrafted. Basically, an AH, a career AHL guy. They're playing him like 25 minutes a game. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, this series is the Leafs still have a 3 2 series advantage. Game six on Saturday in Tampa. I just got to Tampa. Um, like you said, not surprising. There's lots to pick through from game number five. Where would you like to start? What's most interesting to you from that game? The Leafs obviously had an opportunity to close and get to the second round for the first time in a long time, did not do that, and now we'll try to do that in game six. Well, why don't we just like be really broad to start? How would you evaluate their performance overall in that game? Like would you know, it, it wasn't like a complete meltdown that like we saw in game one. But I mean it was a it was a relatively close game. Yep, for sure. Samsonov Let's in one that he at least one that he shouldn't have, maybe two, depending on how you saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I, the Leafs weren't terrible in the game; like they could have won that game. Um, I would just say Tampa was maybe just a little bit better. I think that's fair. I mean, the Leafs come out and get the first goal. I don't think they started great, and that was something that Austin Matthews alluded to after the game that they started. And this has really been the the theme of some of these games. They just kind of like wade into like tiptoe into the water instead of like diving in like or doing a big cannonball into the game and, and you saw that in the game and then they get the first goal anyway but like literally the next shift Tampa scores to tie it up and then obviously that second goal from Samsonov is not great Justin Hall obviously has his issues uh, in the game and has had his issues in the series we can talk about that 
Um, but yeah, like they didn't play a bad game. They're just like there's a little something extra in a game like that that you need, especially against a team like this, and they just didn't have it. Yeah, I think that that's right. You know, it, it, Riley gets that goal. What was it three minutes in? A little over three minutes in, and the building, like the the buzz in the city. Like I I I parked and I walked twenty minutes to the arena, and the buzz around the city was different for that game. A hundred percent. It was all of the bars were full. People were running around with horns and jerseys, and like it was. It really felt it felt a lot different than game one and game two. Um, people were had like were piling into the city ready to party, and and the arena the atmosphere was really really good. And Riley gets that goal, everything goes crazy, and then it's like twenty odd seconds, twenty five seconds later, the Lightning score back right away, and the the building got really quiet and really yep. tense, and it stayed that way for the whole rest of the game. So. Not, not that like how loud the building is like matters, but it just felt like the team was tense and the building was tense and all the celebratory atmosphere was was basically gone from that point on. Yeah, and I think a lot of this stuff like will disappear once they finally get over this little hurdle. Like we've seen this with tons of different teams and tons of different sports, where it's just like once you get that. And and Keith talked about this with Tampa. Once you kind of have that confidence of having done it, and obviously. He was referring to like win it all, but once you've actually just won around, I think there there will be something that they'll unlock as far as how they perform in some of these games because you this can is see thing. with the lightning like the way they yes. talk about like did you see Hedman did you see his post game yesterday no. uh, like it was kind of like you know this is he basically said something like this is the first round <laughs> you know basically like yes you know like this is not that you know this is not that high stakes like we we know how to handle this well and that's like you think about this and I was thinking about that. Last night, it's like, this is just one round. Like, you have to do this, like, three more times after this if you want to actually win it all. Like, it's just it's just a good reminder of, like, how hard it is to actually win the cup. Like, how many times you just have to, like, find another level and then find another level and then find another level. And that's something, like, James, like, you look at their history of closeout games. It's 0-10 since 2018, which is just, like, an insane number. But they've just not been able in, in a lot of these games. And I've gone back today and, and yesterday and just looked back at some of those games. I know you have it too. It's just like they're just like there's a little something extra that they don't have in those games that they're going to need to find in game six or game seven. They play scared, really, is what it feels like. I think it's you know, tentative, I, but I guess scared and tentative are, are cousins, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think they might, they might be more than cousins. <laughs> they might be siblings. Siblings? Okay. I don't know. It's it's so weird because look how much different the roster is. Like how many of the guys on this team actually played in the, that series in 2018? Like going four. back to the like four and 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 for the most part, those have been their best players, right? In this series, like you know, yeah. like Matthews and Marner and Riley have all played well. Yep. It's like the Leafs' disease or whatever you want to call it, it's infecting the guys that haven't even. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but. It's amazing because, like, you can go back, you can go back like eight years, and we were talking about the team not being able to win in key moments, you know. And there was nobody on those teams that that's the same. Like, you can go back before Morgan Riley was even on the team. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that that has come up in these games, James, and I just wrote about this today, so it's very top of mind for me, is their star players, especially, and obviously those guys who have been here for all of those games, and, and John Tavares comes in after twenty eighteen. But there's just like, 
that tentativeness, that that fear, there's just a little something extra that they haven't had. And if you you go through their game log of those ten games, there's just not enough. Like Matthews has three goals in ten in those ten closeout games. Marner doesn't have a single goal in those ten closeout games. William Nylander has one goal. He does have seven assists, but he has one goal. So like he and and you think like obviously you can win in a lot of different ways. Like you Tampa wins that series last year. Nick Paul gets two goals in game seven. But if your stars aren't kind of pushing you over the top in those moments, it can be hard to win. And obviously, especially with the way that they're built, um, what would you like to see from their best players in game six that maybe you didn't see in game five? Well, I th- and this is what we cautioned with getting excited after game four and like kind of, you know, people are talking about the breakthrough and, you know, Matthew's getting the two goals and, 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 you know, the contributions and the comeback and all that stuff, none of it matters unless, like, they have to do it in game six or game seven. They have to. Mm-hmm. A lot of people I've been hearing from who work for other teams were texting me after the game, and their perspective was that the Leafs need to win in game six in Tampa because it's going to, the pressure on them, if it comes back to seven and you've lost two and you're at home and all yes. the history is just going to be too much. I think that's reasonable. I think, like, obviously, if they lost game six, they could win in seven. But you're right that the pressure, like, think of what the building would, well, let's not go ahead. Let's let's just stick with game six because they do have an opportunity to close in game six. Um, there's a lot of stuff to pick at from this game. And as we look ahead to game six, one of them is the issues that they've been having on defense. We talked about this before game five, uh, the issues that they, they've had breaking out the puck. The Giordano Hall pair had a really rough night in uh in game number five do you do anything like or do you just kind of hope that those guys play better do you make changes what where do you sit sheldon keith basically didn't commit to anything i think you got to make a change i think interesting see i i'm on the other side i think i've seen enough i mean i i've always been more of a defender of justin hall but it just like it's just it's between the ears for him right now. Like the mistakes that he's making. When I saw the the post game that he only played twelve minutes, I was like, "Wow, that was a very, it was a very impactful twelve minutes that he played, and and not impactful in a good way." I mean, if you can only trust him in twelve minutes, and the twelve minutes he does play, he's making glaring mistakes that lead to goals. What's the point in having him in the lineup anyway? So, I would disagree with you. Um, if you look through those goals, the, the first two, obviously, he makes glaring mistakes, but it's not just him, right? That's that's one of my issues with this thing. It's like it's been made into Justin Hall as a reason that all these goals are going in. And like, it's just, it is not. Look at the underlying numbers for him over the whole series. They're They've terrible. not been great. They've not been great for Mark Giordano either. Like Mark Giordano looks, kind of looks like a 39-year-old at this point in the year, which makes sense. I think He's it's 39. harder to take Giordano out just because. I agree. Because the I, the player I would think about bringing in would be Logren, and he's a right shot, and he's played with Giordano. And I think it's kind of a lot to not kind of. I think it's a lot to ask someone to come into Game Six on the road yeah, in Tampa. I know, but you remember there was that point during the season when Justin Hall struggled and he came out of the lineup. I do. He's I right back it, yeah. there. He's right back there again. Like that's he's overthinking everything. He's overcommitting. He's been unlucky too, James. Let's be honest. Like if you look at the save percentage for Ilya Samsonov on those fourteen goals, it's like seven fifty. It's not just Justin Hall. Like he is, he is being made the scapegoat of all this. He did not have a good game. He's not had a great series. But there's lots of issues 
that are not just Justin Hall. Jonas, he's at 35% expected goals and even strength in the series. I realize that. Even including the games where they dominated and won. If you think it's just him that that's why that's happening, I, I just don't. Well, I don't really care if it's just him. He's one of the, the one of the things you can change. I don't think I it think, needs to be I just think, him to change. So it. you think it's less risky to keep him, or you think it's more risky to keep him in than to play a guy who hasn't played in two plus weeks, who struggled down the stretch, who got played out of the lineup. In last year's playoffs against this very team, you think it's a good? You think it's it's less risky to play that guy in Game Six against Tampa than play the guy who's but if Hall's not at played well, thirty five percent, and you can only play him twelve minutes. What is he actually giving you? Like, well, you he's can't, a good penalty you can't killer. Trust him. I don't trust Logan either. I think it's. I think you're. I think you go with this group. I, I think, think you put Logan in, and he plays eleven minutes or whatever, and like you load up your other guys. That's what I would do. I would play Hall and load up the other guys. And that's what, honestly, that's what they've been starting to do. Like, they played Morgan Riley 20, what did he end up with? Uh, 26 and a half minutes in, in game five. He played like 26, 28, the last two before that. I'd play Brody more. Brody played 21, although he's looked a little shaky at times. You know, Brody's Brody's underlying numbers are actually better than Yes, you would they've think. done a like, pretty good job for the most part against that Kucherov line. The comeback in game four, Brody's numbers shot way up because he was out there rushing the buck up the ice and he made a, a bunch of really nice plays. On defense, like the the defensemen that are struggling, I would put in order number one Hall, number two Giordano, and number three McCabe. And then the other three guys have been, I mean, I know Brody's had his moments, but it's, I mean, who would have thought that Luke Shen would be having the series that he's having? Like, what a. I mean, we were debating whether he should be in the playoff lineup or not. I was not, but yeah, I think you were on the side that he should. Um, it's interesting that we disagree because, like, I, I think it's too much to ask someone to to go into that spot uh, after that long, especially someone who hasn't had the best. Finish. What, what was the point in having nine defensemen and like making the trades and giving up third round pick for defensemen if you're not going to use your you trade you trade Sandine? That's a fair point, James. But we're just so deep in the series now. That I just think I, I think it's riskier to change, um, but I, I listen. I can't. I don't think it's illegitimate to discuss this stuff. I'm just looking at some of uh, Hall's numbers. With my prediction certain- is that Hall comes out of the lineup. That's my prediction. Okay, that's interesting. Well, so I'm just looking at uh, some of the teammate stats for Hall. Basically, everyone he's played with has been okay to fine, except for Camp. And like, how much of his ice time has been on? Like that fourth line is another problem. Like they've been they've been brutal. So well, that's that's part of it. So if you look the 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 forward he's played most with is is a Chari, and it's like forty five percent possession with Matthews. It's fifty with O'Reilly. It's fifty three. With David Camp, the shot attempts are twenty two to ten for the Lightning. Shots are thirteen to four, and the goals are four to nothing for Tampa. So those are the minutes that really have killed them and killed Hall. Yeah, but how, what what like what share of Hall's minutes is he getting with that fourth line? Uh, so that is eighteen and change. So his most frequent is Achari at twenty five and a half. Yeah, so eighteen's only like a quarter of his minutes. Yeah, he hasn't played a, like uh, total in the series of five on five. He's played seventy four and a half. He's only playing a quarter of his minutes with that fourth line. I don't think that that's the reason why his numbers are way down. Well, let me ask you this. So, obviously, uh, you mentioned Lilligren. Is there any argument to put Gustafson in instead of Lilligren? 
Well, just that he's a veteran who's played in. I mean, Gustafson was on the Montreal Canadiens when Montreal came back and beat the Leafs. He was a, he was a bit part on that team, but you know, he's he's a veteran. He would probably be less, I would think, nervous. Yeah, less swayed by the moment. The only thing is, what do you do with your pairings, though? That's that's why you I just play him on the right side, right? He can play the right. Yeah. I like I I think that the issue part of the issue is like I don't think you're breaking up those other two pairs. Like you're not you mentioned like that early at that point earlier in the season. They changed around their pairs to to try to basically get Hall going and it worked. Like he played with Brody and then everything was okay. But you're not doing that this time. But like you mentioned last time, James, like I can't get that that chicken or the egg thing with, you know, Tampa's forecheck and the least breakout <laughs> issues out of my head. Like honestly, like you, you made a great point. It's hard to get one going without the other, and and they still haven't been able to to figure that out. The voices of the people I had talked to about the Leafs' systemic issues were playing in my head while I was watching Game 5 play out, because the Leafs couldn't break the puck out. Like, the start of that game was like, they were in their own end a ton. And, you know, you look at overall, like, all situations, the expected goals in the game, the Leafs were ahead. You know, like, they did have a lot of chances in that game, especially... That one power play that was, yeah, they were unfortunate to, to not to not score there, and when they had the goalie out, they were really really produced a lot of offense as well. Even strength, Tampa controlled, but it wasn't it wasn't overwhelming. Like it wasn't embarrassing the way that it was in Game Three. No, and and like you mentioned, some of the issues on the breakout. Like a lot of times, it's easy to just pin it on the defense, but as the, the players have talked about. It's like it's five minutes. Like Jake McKay mentioned it the day before game five that it's like slowing them down in the neutral zone. And like you look at, uh, I think it was the third goal where just Ross Colton just comes like barreling into the zone and, and Mark Giordano like has no chance of beating him out for the puck and then it's in the back of the net. Um, you mentioned that power play, which brings me to what I would like to get to next. If I was the Leafs, and I had heard all that talk going into game five about Vasilevsky, that would have fucking terrified me. That you're just kind of like, not even you, but like just the circus around it kind of pokes the bear a little bit. And that power play, I think, is is kind of where the game turned a little bit. Obviously, there was more that happened. But he was so good on that power play. Like, Callie Yarncroft had like two awesome chances Mm. Um, Ryan O'Reilly had a really good look. Yeah, yeah, that second power play unit was dangerous. I, I said, I said to you at, when we were in the press box, I said, you know, it's kind of it's neat seeing Nylander out there on that power play too because he's got the puck like eighty percent of the time and making all kinds of crazy plays. And you couldn't expect Vasilevsky wasn't going to have a one of those right? games, right? Like he, he was due to have one of those games. Well, and and what would scare me for the Leafs? in game six is that, that that's just going to continue because that's what happened in last year's series. He didn't have a great start to the series and game six and seven, he was just awesome. Leafs are going to win the series. It's going to be two, nothing two one. Yeah. Maybe, maybe three, one with an empty netter game. That's what it's going to be. They might only be able to score two goals. Yeah. Which means their guy is going to have to be better than he's been aside from that game three. Yeah. Like the surprising thing is not that, Vasilevsky's been good or the surprising thing is how many goals have been scored in this series overall like I wasn't expecting it to be a quite a shootout the way it has been yeah it's a really good point and and if you look back to to, to last year's series I'm trying to think what, what was the scoring game six that was the one where Kerfoot had the turnover in yes. the Leafs end it was a one goal game right it, it was I want to say three two four three e, four three Tampa yeah. 
Yeah. It's just a couple mistakes. They that game was real close. Yeah. Well, and, and James, like that that second goal, like I know Hall has his issues. That that, that, that just, just can't go in. Like that's how, especially when you're playing Vasilevsky and he's like locked in. That shot is just like that was Frederick Anderson. That was Jack Campbell. Like those are the kinds of goals. I've seen some people say that they think that the way that Hall played that messed with the goalie a little bit because he thought maybe there was a pass that was going to come across and he cheated that or is, something. Or wow, to put like so, man, that just speaks to kind of the level of well, just watching it in real time. Hall. It was like, what is Hall doing? Like, why did he turn that? Like, it's just bizarre. Like what he was yeah. doing there. Still has to be stopped. It just it just can't go in. I did not think uh, Sam Snob looked comfortable for most of the night. He made some big stops. At, no, um, he was deep in his net. He was down a lot. He was, yeah. Do you think he's hurt? Obviously, that's just speculation. But like he he doesn't look. And obviously, there's been lots of instances. Mark Masters pointed out uh, after practice earlier this week. Like he noted that, and he saw it, and they have it on film or film video. Um, where he gets up weirdly after a save he makes on Neil and he just leaves. And and Keith said mm-hmm. afterward, like that was the plan. He was going to leave. It just, it was a little weird. And we've seen throughout this series and even down the stretch, him just get up kind of like, well, it seemed he's like, like 80 year old. In the season, he was a little bit banged up, right? Yeah. Like it wouldn't surprise me if we learn at some point that, that he was playing through something mm-hmm. is my suspicion. But. Mm-hmm. They need him like it's it's that's what's so hard about this series for the Leafs. It's like you're facing literally the best goalie in the league, and you just need your goalie to kind of be as good or close to as good. And like he wasn't in Game Five, he'll need to be better in Game Six. Yep, I think that's fair. Okay, moving on. Uh, but we're gonna take some questions after the break. Um, I did want to talk about some of what you touched on before. You know, with some of the lines that did and didn't work. Their fourth line did not work. Their third line did not work. I thought their top six was okay. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, I, Matthew Nyes had another good game. Marner with Tavares, like they, Tavares was much more noticeable in that game. Much more noticeable. There was that one play he made where tracks the puck down to the corner. Tampa yep. overplay plays him, and they get on him, and he he makes that nifty little like backhand tuck right out into the slot and that's that was the Riley goal right yep. it's like Nice is like one of the worker bees and then Marner just can create so much it really looks good and I thought Nylander looked better too I did too I mean you look at so just like shots are just obviously one thing you can look at but uh, Nylander had four shots six attempts Tavares had five shots eight attempts and yeah they were much more noticeable I, I guess the question like as you move ahead um, the big question is, does Michael Bunting get back in? For me, the answer is yes. What about for you? I mean, I thought he should have played last game. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, I, of course I put him in. A couple of things are going to look like big mistakes. Like, if they if they continue to play Justin Hall, if they can't figure out the breakout and and not playing Bunting, you add all those things up, and I feel like there's a ton of heat on Sheldon Keefe right now to get this figured out. Like, yeah. he's, been out, he's been out coached in the series. I mean, like, you look at the personnel that, Cooper has to work with versus Keefe and yeah fair they should not be getting outplayed the way they are no I mean Tampa's missing like their third best defenseman and has been for most of the series um so do you move I bring Bunting back but again I feel like more comfortable putting him on the third or the fourth line as opposed to up in the top six 
Interesting. See, I'm I'm done. I'm if I'm them, I'm kind of done with Yarncrock on the top line for now. Okay. I, I just don't think he offers not enough, enough offense. Not enough yeah. finishing. Not enough playmaking. He has like three five on five shots in the entire series. He had two shots in the series total coming into game five. Like he just, I just don't think he brings enough that way. And I think they need that extra punch. Yeah, I can see that. But still bunting. I'm still not. I, I don't get know. it. Like I think it's fair. You don't trust him. Right? Like, that's kind of what it comes down to, right? Well, I mean, Keith must not trust him. I was surprised they didn't play him. Like, I think I think we said on the last show, we both thought he was going to be in, and then he yes. wasn't. And now you need him. I thought yeah. I thought Joshua Cloak made a good point in his story where arguing that they should play Bunting, that Bunting has more five-on-five goals than, than John Tavares the last two years. Yep. He's not an insignificant offensive contributor. No, and, and, and one difference with him and, and Yarncroft, just to kind of compare them, is Yarncroft really needs a lot of time and space to like get his shot off. Like he's not bunting is like, he's like crashing around the net and like he can kind of create chaos that way and just score in a lot of different ways. Whereas you think of like most of the Yarncroft goals this year, what have they been James? Like it's like he gets like time to load up that big shot and he blasts it. And like, he just hasn't had any of those opportunities really aside from the one. The more compelling argument for me is that Yarncroft's going to be more effective in the bottom six than Bunting is. Like, Good point. We haven't, yes. we haven't Great seen point. Bunting. You can't play him there, yeah. Yarncroft's going to go down and, and work well with whoever he's with. Yeah, I like the idea of playing him with like O'Reilly and Kerfoot. Mm. I think there's also an argument. Man, maybe there's not an We've argument. seen that a little bit, right? Like that, we have, use that a little line. bit. Yeah. 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 I, I was going to say there's like a, there, there might be an argument just because you're in Tampa of playing O'Reilly with Tavares, but I think with the way that that Nye's Marner connection kind of worked. I'd probably leave that to start game six. Um, so if you're taking out, or you're putting in Bunting, or you're taking out Lafferty or Aston Reese, because I think it's obviously one of the two. I haven't loved the way either of them have played in this series, but I, I would take Lafferty out. Yeah, I think I would too. And I think I'd put Achari onto that fourth line and go Achari, Camp, Aston Reese. Mm. And that's like a dependable kind of trustworthy line. I think they should play that line last too. Like they just I know they're getting all the defensive zone starts, but yeah. they've played more minutes than I think they need to in these games. Like they're still they're still getting ten minutes a game, even strength. Yeah, well it's it's like what you said, like they're they're trying to protect the other groups. And and you're gonna have to protect that if if you do play bunting with Matthews and Neilander. Are you being protective though if like those guys are going out there and spending yeah, it's a, a good shift point. in their own end? Like no. they, uh, Camp no, and Lafferty point. have been scored at outscored at even strength four to one at five on five. Yeah, and James, like one of the big things with that line last year, Camp, it was usually Mikheyev and Engvall, is they started all their shifts in the defensive zone and they always got it out. They didn't spend like that was their their superpower, and they don't quite have that same dynamic with Aston Reese and Lafferty. Like, no. it just hasn't been the same. Well, and when they do get it out, they don't create anything. It's like a dump Nothing. into the corner and they change yes. and. Yes. That line's not working, so I don't mind the idea of Achari there. I think Camp has been okay. Like to my eye, Camp has yeah. been effective. But if both your wingers are struggling, it doesn't matter how effective you are. Yeah. Um. Anything else on that front you want to touch on? I, I mean, like you look at the the numbers five on five for Tampa's top guys in the series. They're not they're not producing a ton. Uh, I know Cloak wrote about some of the depth parts uh, for the morning. Um. Tampa's depth guys have kind of just produced a bit more than the Leafs guys is is kind of, I think, fair. 
you know, one thing that's interesting is that the results defensively with Yarncroft on the ice are really, really good. They're, they're the best on the whole team. Yeah, I know. Who did he, who has he played with? Yeah, but they're even better than, than Matthews. Like they're better than, you know, who number two is for best defensive results. You'll probably never guess this. Is it Marner? It's Matthew Nyes. Okay. <laughs> then it's like actually a- Aston Reese, Marner, Matthews. So Aston Reese's defensive results look quite a bit better than Lafferty. So there's one notch in his favor. Well, James, let's really nerd out and and look at <laughs> some of the differences between the expected goal numbers and the actual actual possession numbers to me are kind of instructive in a little bit in this series because if you look at a lot of the possession numbers, they're they're worse because the Leafs have been spending so much time in their own zone. Yeah. They're not and they're not always giving up like great looks, but they're also not generating a lot of great looks. I don't but think Tampa's when they've been fine on to like just be yeah. in the Leafs end taking shots from the point. Like I think that's part of their strategy. Like they don't if they're just cycling it around in their zone and getting crappy shots, I think Tampa's fine with that. I agree. Yeah, because well, I mean if the Leafs are not spending time in their zone, they're like good. And if you look, James, like I don't know how you I don't know um if you saw the number, but I think I think Tampa has like forty two more shot attempts in the series at five on five than the Leafs. Does that seem like a lot to you? It seemed like a lot to me. Even strength or overall? Five on five. Hmm. Tampa has 272 shot attempts. Leafs have 233. The Leafs only have four players on the whole roster that are at 50% or better in terms of possession. It's Matthews, Marner, Yarncroc, so the first line, and Nylander. That's it. Every other line is getting outshot. Yeah. You know what's interesting? Look look at Giordano and Hall in terms of possession. Like Their numbers are okay, but then if you look at like quality, it's terrible. And that, that tracks with the eye. I was wrong. It's 39 uh, shot attempts. Uh, this part right. of the episode is for the person that was complaining on the last episode that we talked about analytics too much. <laughs> you come dedicate, to the wrong I, place. Uh, well, I friend. know. I dedicate this two-minute segment to that. I can't remember what the commenter's name was. But. We should have like a special like expected goals corner and then just like talk about <laughs> some... Ner- anyway, uh, let's take a break and let's dive into some questions. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All righty, James. Uh, I'm sure there's some interesting questions after that game. I feel for the fans after a game like that. That's tough. But there's two more games for them to close it out. Uh, William says, I don't see the rationale for continuing to put Hall in the lineup. Him and Giordano are getting killed. Analytics and the eye test tell us the same thing. The defense looks slow, unable to break out the puck. Uh, and then Mac responds and says, is there an argument for going 11-7 and seven and taking out Aston Reese and Lafferty? I don't like that. You? I don't think I'd go eleven and seven. No, I think what we saw with the eleven and seven a lot of the time, especially for one specific guy, is it was really destabilizing for Lilligren. And I think if you put Lilligren in, let's say you're destabilizing Hall, like you may as well just take him out. Like if you're not gonna, like if you're that yeah. worried, I'd just take him out. I would take him out. William says uh, he's frustrated with you. Oh, this is the same. <laughs> William's same guy. Got the- He's got the he's got the same two questions. Well, I mean, these are the ones that people want to want to get it. Yeah, sure. These are people, the ones people are upvoting. 
He says the Leafs have created many of their own problems, but I'm put off by how the officiating suspensions are handled. There's a lack of consistency in managing the game. Maroon didn't get penalized for his hit on Giordano. Uh, and I'm not expecting a suspension. How do you square that with the Kyle Clifford hit last year where he got a match penalty and a one-game suspension and what Bunting got? It it did does look like what Clifford did. Remember, who did Clifford hit when he crushed him on the boards there? Wasn't it game, Colton? Game I think one. it was Ross Colton, no? But yeah, it, did. it was it was similar to that, though. Like, just banging the guy's head up against the glass. I mean, that should have, like, how is that not a penalty? The ref is standing right beside it, too. You're talking to the, the preacher, man. Like, the consistency is what's been tough. And then they did give him a penalty, but they just gave him a penalty for roughing. They probably realized they missed it, and they were just like, let's just give him a penalty for roughing. Well, and then you look at the play that they called roughing on. It's like Maroon doesn't, like, Matthews is more engaged in roughing than Maroon. Like, it doesn't even make any sense. Well, and I think they felt that, the Leafs have felt that he's gotten away with stuff like that in the series already. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Pat Maroon, that's kind of the type of player he is. He plays like that kind of hard style of game. Big rig. Big rig. Jason uh, wants to know, is John Cooper out coaching Sheldon Keefe or are players not rising to the occasion? It's a good question, but I think the answer is actually both. Yeah, I think I agree. A lot of the, I talked to, you know, assistant coaches, video coaches around the league, and they were saying like, it's not necessarily the system. It's like, you have to be able to execute it. And Tampa's just, their players are executing, they're more, they're more aggressive and less tentative. And their forecheck is just relentless. And the Leafs is not. Yeah. Corey says, is it not painfully obvious to you that Cooper is targeting Hall in this series? How is Keefe so defiant? I mean, the thing is, is that Keefe, Keefe's coached Hall for a long time. He believes in him. He knows the criticism. He knows the strengths and weaknesses of the player. He just believes in him. But the tough thing when you're a coach or a GM is there can be players that you believe in, but if they keep letting you down, you got to know when to turn away from them. You can't keep believing if you're not going to get the results. I just think it's a little too simplistic to, to say you just make the change because I think you're ignoring the, the context of the series and how deep the series is and how long it's been since the other guys have played. I just think I don't all think any that, of that stuff matters, matters if the guy's garbage, though. Like, if he can't play, then it doesn't matter. Put someone else in and barely play them. Play Lil, play Logan seven minutes. You just don't, you don't think there's any case to be made for that it's just as risky to play a guy who hasn't played in two weeks to drop him into game six. But you're not playing him. I'm saying you're like going to barely play him. You're going to shelter him. But then why not just barely play all? If you actually look at the goals and you go back, it's not just him. the first goal, he like runs way up the ice and loses his stick. Yeah, but like lots of stuff, again, like lots of stuff goes wrong after that. It's not just Hall. Yeah, it goes wrong because one of their defensemen is in the neutral zone doing God knows what, missing his check. It's a team. People make mistakes. Like he makes, he tries to make a play. He doesn't make it. Like that's going to happen 55 million times in a game. Like you, you have other people on the ice. Like I said off the top, it's like it's between his ears and he can't figure it out and he's got no confidence in his game. And when we've seen Hall in that place before, it takes him a while to get back out of it. Like they had to play him with Brody to get him out of it before and that's not going to be an option here. Okay, fair enough. I get what you're saying, but I think I think he just, he needs a reset. Like I don't think he's going to give you useful minutes. So I just I don't, don't trust, I wouldn't trust the other guys more. I would keep it the same. But I, I think I think it's very possible that you're right, and he'll change it, or he'll go eleven and seven, or I would not go eleven and seven for like I would not do that. But it's hard. Like sometimes with certain coaches, you you kind of have a feel for what they're going to do based on history. With with Keith, anything wouldn't like I wouldn't be surprised really by anything. 
Well, Bunting's going to be in for sure. Yeah, I would think so for sure. There's a, there's multiple questions about Keith getting out coached by Cooper. I mean, if they lose this series, Keith is going to lose his job. Like, I, there's like literally no way around that, right? Lots like, of can't... people will be in trouble if they lose this series. I mean, if you lose another series where you're up three one, there's going to be a lot of problems. Adam wants to know: Should Justin Hall be fired into the sun? Justin Hall gave me major Jake Gardner game seven vibes. There's there's a lot of. I didn't know he was the only one playing in game six or game five. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's not a matter of there's Holy other guys who are cow. bad. Like he's the one that you can replace, though. I mean, that's the. I mean, you can't replace Samsonov. It's hard to replace Giordano. It's not hard to replace Giordano. They could they could put Garrett Gustafson in for Giordano tomorrow if they wanted. But has Gustafson played anything with Logren? Like, no. A completely new third pair would be. <laughs> would I be mean, bold. we've seen we've seen some of that kind of stuff before. The drastic swings in, in emotion in this series are just wild, eh? Well, when they were up three one, people like I said, people were saying we were being too negative, and it's like, well, like objectively, like Tampa's been the better team in the series, and the Leafs yeah. are up three two. Like that's if you're yeah. the Leafs, you. That's okay. Like you just want to be up in the series. Who cares? But they got to get to a place where, like, I, I, I think the concern is they need to play better than they have to close this out. A thousand percent. Yes. Uh, Roger wants to know if the Leafs spit the bit again in the next two games. Will you and Jonas say run it back again? We. That is not what we've said. Going back like years. I mean, after the Montreal series, I like my. I think one of the first things I wrote was, do they need to? break up one of the core members of the team. And yeah. ultimately, like, it, it's not a well, simple thing. Well, and Dubas came out right away, and that's when he said and they're not it. going anywhere, right? Yeah, and if there was ever a time to, to consider it, it was that. But again, like, th- they still have two chances to win this game. Like, it's not over yet, and I don't think we should jump to conclusions that they're, that they're going to lose and skip ahead. Like, let's see how this plays out. Like, they, like you said, they didn't play a bad game in Game 5. They just were not as good as Tampa. And the pro- and I guess the, the the issue is James like they weren't as good in t- as Tampa in Game Four and they weren't as good as Tampa in Game Three and obviously they managed to win those games. So uh, Matthew says I've decided not to watch anymore. Can you text me if they win? <laughs> do you do you want to get his number? Sure. I don't know if he wants to put it in our comment section. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of doubters. Christopher says, "Am I too pessimistic if I truly believe the Leafs can't win one of the final two? I mean, they can. I can understand why people. I mean, let's put it this way. Even if you're the most pessimistic person on earth, the, the Lightning have to win two games. So And like, win three in a row, basically. Yeah. So like, even if you think the chances that the Lightning are going to win both the games are 70% for each of them, that's still a 50-50 chance that the Leafs win the series. So they've got a shot here. They just need to be a little bit better. I would like to see a game where it's just like... And, and we saw this like... A little bit, I think, in the end of game four, especially for Matthews. I just like to see a game where one of those guys is just like, we're not, we're not losing, right? And and where it's just like an overwhelming performance where you walk away from it. Like I don't know if you follow the NBA. I actually know you don't, but you've been have you heard of what's been going on with Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler. Not really, no. I mean I follow it when the Raptors go deep. That's when I follow the NBA. So this is not a perfect comparison, but the Butler plays for the Heat. The Heat were the number eight seed. They just beat the number one seed Bucks in five, and he was just unbelievable. Like, just willed them to wins, and that's like it's different, obviously, in basketball. Different game, different everything. 
We see but it in the NHL, though. I mean, remember, yeah. like, remember the performance Drysaddle had last year in the playoffs? Like, just like incredible. That's what I'd like to see from one of their top guys. And obviously, I'm thinking mostly like Matthews and Marner, but like I could see Neil. Well, that's doing a good it. question. I mean, if they end up losing the series, like, how much blame do you give Matthews and Marner, who have played pretty yeah, well? You have to. It, I mean, obviously, it depends on on how this thing goes, but it would have to be. I mean, I wrote my story, James. You can tell me if you think this is fair, but that zero and ten record, the the people it falls most on are those guys like it, it has to like that's they're the best players on the team they're the highest paid players on the team like as much as we focus on like some of these depth guys it comes down to your best players a lot of the well, time well and it doesn't really matter how good they were in games one two three and four right no right Derek wants to know do you and Jonas enjoy these stories the reaction the games get and the viewership from them yeah the playoffs are amazing I mean it's, it's amazing being in the building and the energy and I mean I've been a hockey fan my whole life I've been a hockey fan since I was five years old collecting hockey cards and since I could walk and across the ice right James my, my, my grandfather played pro hockey like hockey's been in, in my in my DNA going back you know <laughs> forever you know so yeah. To be there in an NHL playoff game, and like we've been so privileged, I've been to the Stanley Cup Finals. I've been to, you know, I've, I've seen. I mean, how many Leafs games do you think you've been, Jonah? I, I was trying to add it up one day. Don't I think I've been to. Know. I think lot. I've been to like eight, nine hundred Leafs games. You know, I was Definitely in the building in for me. Leaf, yeah. I, well, I was at Leafs Flyers round two in two thousand four. I, I was at all the every game they played against Boston in the playoffs, and you know, it's, it's. I mean, I, I I love the NHL and I love hockey. I mean, I think people sometimes be just because you're objective, you're not rooting for a team or not, doesn't mean you're not caught up in the excitement of the series. And like again, like once this becomes like once they get over this hurdle, at a certain point, even if it's not this year, at some point they will win a playoff series. It might not be them though; it might be somebody else. What do you mean them? Well, like this group of players. Oh, like, well, you just mean team. like if the franchise is gonna. Yeah, at some point, like, do you remember, James? Like, I mean, we were covering it together very, like, on top of everything. Remember when it was, like, a big deal that they made the playoffs? And, like, remember how big of a deal that was? And then they started making it every year and no one cares. And and that will happen eventually once they went around where it's just like, oh, they went around. Great. Well, the crazy thing, too, you and I were talking about this, I think, at the game. It's like winning around isn't even that, like, the Lightning don't think it's, it's a big deal. Nothing. <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's not good. If you, If they go out in the second round... That's not a, a, a that's a failure of a season. Well, that's the other thing too is like not to get too far ahead, but like the, with the way they're playing, it's hard to be optimistic that they're going to go really deep. Yeah, saying that like a lot of times when you're able to win games, you're not supposed to win. That's a good sign, in some ways. Cody wants to know what God can I pray to that will get us a series win? I I don't know. All of them. I, don't, I think God has huh? left. I don't know if God's on the side of the Leafs anymore. <laughs> yeah, pray to all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, this is what Sean, Sean's question is, given the overall performance of the team, if the Leafs can get off, pull off a win, is there any reasonable chance they can beat Boston? I mean, Boston's sure. running, Boston's running some injury problems. Florida's giving them a test. I think what you're saying potentially could happen, Jonas, where like they finally get over the hump and they can relax a little bit and just play like a little bit more yeah. like they did during the, during the regular season. There was something that happened. I'm sure you remember with the Raptors where obviously they had had, they had one series but they would get to these these crucial spots and they would just kind of come short. Like LeBron did not take them seriously. Like he didn't think that they were anything. Then they get Kawhi. Then they win a few series. Then they get to the final. Then they win the championship. And even when Kawhi left, there was like a swagger about them in a lot of those series. And you could see it. You could feel like they thought that they were going to win. And, and they, 
can't remember which year, but they pushed a Boston team that was better than them, like to the brink, just because they had this like belief in themselves. And you see that with Tampa, and you just don't see that yet with the Leafs. And I think once they get over that one hurdle, we'll start to see something different. Jason wants to know, here's a different question. Uh, who have been the best performances from the Lightning? Who's who's impressed you the most with the Lightning? I mean, some of their like Radish playing as much as he is and being as successful as he is. I think their bottom their bottom six has been good. Watching Hedman too, like he is I don't know what he's playing at like fifty percent, maybe sixty percent. Like he's not moving properly. He's like talk talking to the trainer on the bench. Like Hedman doing what he's doing with whatever he's playing through is pretty impressive. Agreed. And he's putting up like 62% expected goals. And like, like it's the plays that Kucherov makes just like mind blowing. He hasn't been dominant though, right? Like, he has no, but like he makes like one or two plays at least a game where you're just like, what the, how did he see that? His passing, like, I forget where he rated in that NHLPA poll of the best passers. Like, I think he was in that mix. Do you remember that player poll? Do you like that player poll? Is it the initial PA one? Yeah. We got to get back. The Athletic used to do a player poll. We got to get back on that again. Indeed. Uh, By the way, wanna, it, I just looked up the poll, ahead. James. If you need to win one game, who is the goalie you would want on your team? 52% wow. Vasilevsky. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Well, that's what they're up against. Some people also want us to get back, and some people said they liked our pop culture talk. So we... T- we we briefly talked about movies last time, and you said that there's a whole bunch of movies I haven't seen. I want you to name like one great movie that I haven't seen. Oh my god, I need to make a list. I can for, for sure <laughs> find many you haven't seen. I don't know. You're saying you've seen so many more than me. And I, I was... have. I just see more modern ones. Name one great modern movie. I'm looking least. at Rotten Tomatoes right now. Um, some modern movies. Hmm. I mean, nothing in the theater because I don't. I can't actually get to the theater. But I see. I be. I probably watch like two or three times as many movies as you do. You don't know who you're talking to. I'll come up with a list. I do, because when we talk, it's like, oh. Yeah, but I only talk about movies that I think you like. Make a reference to like The Godfather or Goodfellas. You're like, what's that? I don't know Yeah, that's right. I haven't seen those movies, James. (laughs) I have not seen either of those movies. Get the hell out of here. I'm going to make a list. (laughs) I'll give you a whole list of movies to watch. Yeah, they were all sci-fi. They were all like... Super, well, that's what you which said. Is you fine. Needed, you yeah, said you needed totally. to catch up on those. But I watch a lot of different other movies. Anyway, nobody wants to hear us talk about that. People did said you, they did. They People, don't. I'm telling you, I got, they don't. I got numerous messages saying that they thought our <laughs> they thought our movie talk was hilarious. I think we've had enough for today. People James. liked your evaluation of Blade Runner. Should I see the new one? Is the new one better than the yeah, old one? Yeah, you, you'll probably the new one's a little bit more straightforward narratively, and Ryan Gosling's really good in it, and Harrison Ford's in it, and it's I got a I, lot I, of Ryan the new Gosling one, stock. The new one uh, director is uh, Del- Dennis Villeneuve, who's fantastic. Oh, is um, he the, he's the one who did those Sleepy Dune movies. There's only been one Dune movie so far. <laughs> I just wanted to tease you about that. All right. And also, I thought Dune was amazing. So, so like, boring. You and you want a producer good Punch hated it. Part two is coming out in November. I think we should all go see it in the theater together. Yeah, just tell me a day so I can plan to be tired, and then I'll just have a good snooze. They ri- apparently they ride the sandworms around. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> all right, James. Uh, so game six on Saturday. I don't know when we'll do the next pod because uh, I would be traveling back on Sunday. I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll try and do it as soon as we can. Cool, cool, cool. Well. We'll see how this goes. Leafs have two chances to win one game. 
I mean, they've had three chances to win one. So that's, those are odds. Like, you want those odds. You want three chances. Uh, so we will see how things go. Uh, go to theathletic.com slash report if you haven't already signed up for The Athletic. We have tons and tons and tons of stories, including a story from James today, right? Uh, I don't know. It's not, it's not ready <laughs> okay, yet. Okay, sorry so we'll about see. that. Well, there's stories <laughs> they get, from they're gonna me. They're going to have to settle for your story. For me, Cloak, Dom, like, I think there's you, just tons. You you trode over a lot of the ground I was going to get to anyway, so. Sorry. <laughs> you would have you done it better. Sorry about that. Well, enjoy the rest of your night, and let's see how this goes in game six. Let's be honest. This game's so damn fun. You got two teams going at it. There's so many storylines. There's stars here. There's it's uh like seriously, wouldn't you guys have been pissed off if this ended tonight? So let's uh let's all be back here for game seven. <laughs>